Daniel and Ashley Jane met on a phone call. He spoke Korean and she wanted to learn Korean. They talked to each other once a week over the phone, which eventually became every day. As of this recording, they've been married for eight months. I'm Tim Smith, and this is the Real Dating Wisdom Podcast, where I interview married Christian couples about their time before marriage in order to give you real wisdom from real stories of Christian dating done right. As you listen, you'll hear choice music that was meaningful to the couple during their time dating. So without further ado, here's the story of Daniel and Ashley Jane. My name is Daniel. Uh, I go by Jong Hyun sometimes. That's my Korean name. My name is Ashley Jane. I uh, am 27 years old this April, and I work as an advisor at Fidelity Investments, brokerage firm. I am also 27 years old, um, and I work at AIG. I'm a graphic designer there. We've been married for eight months. How long ago were you guys in sort of a dating phase of life? And then how was dating done during that time? When I was single and before I had met um, Jung Hyun, I was, it was very much like uh, just seeing if there was anybody out there. I never really felt like there was anybody that I um, could talk about Christ with that knew theology very deeply. Um, there was people I would get along with and I was kind of like, but I would always find out something that was like, Either they weren't very strong of a Christian or I just didn't really um, have too much of, like I couldn't talk very deeply with. It was very surfacy, and um, I didn't think I was ever going to find somebody that I found attractive and, you know, could talk with me deeply about Christ. And um, I knew there was definitely people out there, but just specifically in the the time period, like right before I met him, there was nobody in the church that was around my age that was like that um of the male persuasion <laughs> and um they were either all very old or already married <laughs> um so that was kind of like yeah that was the kind of the culture that was around before i met him yeah i would say it's similar like we grew up in church like thankfully i had a background starting from when I was 16 and I met the Lord that you know what sin is Um, Mm -hmm. and I think the Lord graciously like hedged my way in as I was growing up in my youth and uh, after I met him uh, didn't really allow me to experience as much of the dating culture and 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 get into that and the trouble that can often come with that Uh, but definitely a lot of you know uh, pressure I- internally to find someone you know that you have to wait with um, but I think generally in the community I was in there wasn't a huge amount of pressure from uh, older figures or authority figures to start dating which was very good I think for some reason Koreans do also tend to get married later um, mm-hmm. so I think that was a, a factor as well but it was definitely hard to see some people like kind of getting coming together uh before i had found someone so that was kind of the environment in which i think i grew up in 
Did your parents talk to you guys about dating when you were growing up? And if so, what did they say? Yeah, so I grew up in a home where education was very paramount, which is uh, a trend that you can probably say is very common in the Asian American community. But I think my father didn't talk about it much at all. And I think there wasn't a lot of stress put on it. Um, which was odd, right? Like, I think young men do really need to be kind of told upfront about the risks and the necessary preparation for, you know, dating and the purpose of it. But I didn't really have that grounding in my family much. Um, now, to be fair to my father, he, he was very noble in many respects. And he was, uh, you know, a lot of financial struggles, um, different struggles in the home. So it could have been he was occupied. Um, but uh definitely and i think there was one point where um he wasn't encouraging me to sin but there was this notion of going out and dating a lot of different kinds of uh women so that you can have more experience and 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 be more uh yeah and, and uh you know not to sin i don't believe he meant that um but just to get experience and to kind of know uh what that's like and i think that's a common idea in the christian even in Christian circles today, like you and, and my secular friends were, of course, all for this, right? You need to get experience with different kinds of people. Uh, I thought this was just rubbish. Um, uh, well, maybe not at the time, but just looking back on it, it's just, it doesn't really make sense at all. Um, and so I think this notion uh, was something that I guess, you know, even good and sincere parents might sometimes be okay with that uh, can ultimately be you know, not very helpful. And I'm thankful that the Lord uh, gave me uh, kind of a path that didn't involve that. I think it's it's been a blessing for me and a blessing for my wife mm -hmm. uh, overall. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in um, a fairly legalistic background. So I had like all the purity classes and stuff like that. Um, and, but my parents didn't talk about it too much. Um, there wasn't like a set of rules or anything. Um, it, I didn't really even have a age, an age where I was like allowed to start dating or anything like that. I think it was just kind of like, if a situation came up, then they would like deal with it and handle it. But um, yeah, I like talked with my mom when I was going through things, but it wasn't like too much of like there wasn't like a sit down talk or, or really telling me about anything or really having advice other than what not to do. <laughs> um, but yeah. How did you meet? 
Yeah, so I came to Cincinnati in July 2020 to meet a friend who had moved here from New York himself uh, before. And I came here and we went to church together at the church he would had now start started at um, once he came to Cincinnati. At the time, it was called Hyde Park Church. It's still the church we go to together. Mm -hmm. Now it's called Grace and Truth Church of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. But uh, I attended the church service there and uh, my wife's mother was there. She wasn't there though at that particular service that day, so I did not mm -hmm. see her in person, but. It's because it was COVID and I was running everything for online, like from home. So COVID was still like in full swing. I think it was the first service that people could be in person was the one that he went to. Yeah, and her, her uh, mom and dad had come and her mom looked at me and asked me if I was Korean and I said yes. And I think her mom just cared about her a lot and mm -hmm. uh, she was studying Korean very, very uh, intensely at the time. She fell in love with the language through a, uh, a YouTube channel uh, that had kind of had Korean speech on it and mm -hmm. so you know she asked if her I could speak to her daughter and I think she really just meant for a speaking partner mm -hmm. um, but I think the Lord sort of orchestrated it so that that was the way we got to start talking and so when I got back to my friend's apartment you know we uh, I got a text from her and she asked me if I would, she would be okay with asking me some questions and I was like sure we can yeah and then we hopped on the zoom call that very day uh, my friend was there and uh, another mm -hmm. friend that I had come to Cincinnati with uh, at that time uh, was there as well uh, so we came together from New York and we just all caught on a zoom call and I sang a small Korean song for her that I think <laughs> she was uh, enjoyed a lot <laughs> and and then we started texting and uh, started talking and mm -hmm. encouraging each other. And I answered some questions for her in Korean. And we got on calls fairly regularly yeah. to be able to like my whole point was I, I asked him to like call because I was like, I want to be able to speak like I was struggling. Like I had read a lot and I had done all of my Korean was like self-study. Um, and I was really struggling with comprehension of words like when they were spoken and being able to speak and I knew I needed a partner to speak with but I was very very shy and I didn't want to get an online tutor mm. <laughs> um, and so I asked if we could call because I wanted to actually like speak in Korean um, and so we started calling like once a week and then that got more and more <laughs> yeah yeah she asked me to call her one day uh, this was probably after we had been texting for a few months um, Don't you think so? No, I we started texting for like a week, and at the end of that week, I asked you if we could call because I what I was very intense about Korean. <laughs> oh, it seems longer to me than just a week. No, but. it was a week, and then it was like for a while we did once a week, and then it started becoming every day that we would call. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I just remember being very nervous when she first asked to call. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, my voice shook when I answered the phone and said hello and. <laughs> I think I whoever dialed it, I well, the first yeah. thing I said was hi, but my <laughs> voice was very shaky. Uh, and I was terrified to ask you for the call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And basically, we just got to talking every day. We remember conversations with her. I'd walk around the nearest cemetery in my neighborhood uh, and just 
talk about not in the cemetery but there was a beautiful border around it with uh, grass and gates and uh, talk about the lord and talk about mm -hmm. his love and so i think we started talking about very spiritual things and mm -hmm. i moved and talked about korean talked about daily life and um, of course you know we knew we were single people um, like i wasn't unaware of that fact but she was also just very willing to be a friend as well and i think that mm -hmm. helped and uh, yeah i think just emotions continued to build affection continued to build to the point where it was uh, you know during, during a conversation just told her that i i liked her and that um and then from there you know she said yes uh, she said she liked me too and um i came over in february of 2021 um, so not even a year after we had started to, we had first met each other mm -hmm. um, through Zoom uh, at my friend's apartment. And yeah, that was, I was very nervous that she wouldn't find me attractive in person. And she uh, thankfully oh <laughs> did. Yeah, we came, uh, picked me up from the airport when I came here and um, we'd have visits here and there. And about three months uh, apart, sometimes more than that. Um, more than two that. week visits, you know, kind of fly out here. She flew to New York once, and um, mm -hmm. last yeah. year I decided to move here. Yeah, I moved here. And so that first call that you guys did, mm -hmm. was there like attraction initially? So I'm. You can answer this for how you feel, love. But I will say for me, there was attraction from the first moment I saw him. Um, when I first saw him on the Zoom calls, because it was the pandemic, so we were doing Zoom, and he had joined in, and it was just all of a sudden there was another, like, picture there, with, and it was him and his friend, um, and I saw him, and my heart started, like, beating so hard, <laughs> and that's never happened to me in my life. I've never felt that way about anybody, and I was like, what is wrong with you? You can't fall apart every Asian man you see on a screen, which isn't true. <laughs> it never happens. But I was like, what is happening? Because I've never felt that way. But yes, I was very attracted to him from the beginning. And when we started talking, so I was like very aware. And because we all knew that he was coming in to visit too, because he had said that on the like live stream. And I was like, oh, I wish I could go in and maybe meet him. But oh, well, and um, I just thought it wasn't meant to be. And then mom came back from church and was like, I have his number. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> um, so I was very aware, but I still would have like, if it would have been a Korean like woman that my mom had met, I would have like done the exact same thing. Been like, hey, can we call? And like, there really was that push for, I wanted to learn Korean. Um, and I had a lot of questions. There was a lot of things that I'm like, I haven't understood this and I want to understand it. And um, so there was really like, I wanted to, call with him because of that but I was very nervous because I really I had like a little crush on him um <laughs> but I was expecting to find out something about him that I was like oh, okay well theologically we don't agree I couldn't like it's it, there I was expecting there to be something that was like I this isn't gonna happen and like that was just gonna be the end of it and we would just be friends and like I was expecting that with like every call we had every time we talked and like um that never happened and i remember there was one point where i was just like i think we've talked about literally everything and we agree <laughs> on all of it and yeah just the more and more we talked the more and more that um 
I fell in love with the person that he was. But yes, I was very attracted to him initially. And that's what he was worried when he was meeting me the first time in person. I was like, you don't have to worry. <laughs> I know I'm very attracted to you, but yes. Yeah. So I don't know if there was for you, but. No, I mean, we, I wasn't expecting uh, to meet her when I came here. Um, she was very sweet, uh, very sweet and. Um, I think we primarily got to know each other through our voices. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we kind of knew what each other looked like vaguely, but I'd never seen her in person. Um, and I was nervous when, because I, I was, you know, it's a woman, it's a single woman, uh, a woman. So I figured, um, yeah, but then when I first met her in person, you know, she was very, very beautiful. And um, I think the attractions, mm -hmm. you know, continued. Um, so... Yeah, that's what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you said to me when you saw me was, gosh, you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was in person. Yeah, in person. The first time you saw me in person, he like walked up yeah. and I had like gotten out of the car and he was like, gosh, you're oh, pretty. No. You, know what it, you, know, you know what it is? Um, I think what I mistook before, yeah, it was it was months before we video called. That's yeah, what it was. It yeah, was. yeah. So, so we just we, called on the phone. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we hadn't like video called until like much later after um, you told so was, me you liked me it was video. primarily through just phone calls that we had talked for a while and then it was like it was a few months in wasn't it before we video called you didn't want a video call with me until you told me after you told me you liked me and I also never asked because I didn't feel like I necessarily yeah. could. Yeah. Um, but then we sent pictures back and me, forth. Right? Didn't you ask me to yeah. video call? Yeah. And After you told me you liked me, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was it. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we got to see each other kind of then. And, mm -hmm. of course, she was very beautiful. I mean, the video call. I mean, I was almost overwhelmingly so. Um, if you remember, dear. You were so cute and nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, and then I came to meet her in person, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly, you know, she, she looks great. Um, I looked much better then than I do now. Yeah, you're probably thinking it's unbelievable. How could she feel? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's uh, I'm very blessed. Yeah, I don't, I, I didn't honestly like, I didn't have a lot of confidence, and I hope it's encouraging to any Christian guys out there. You know that don't feel confident it's um because i i certainly felt that way i didn't feel like i was uh, an attractive person then I, I i don't feel like that now although she treats me that way which i'm thankful for um but i wasn't like the confident like suave charismatic person sure. with the perfect body you know i was very um and just the lord brought someone into my life who treated me that way and uh, who just really cared for me and so um I think that's in large part the blessing of of who she of who he's mm -hmm. made her to be, rather than any merit that I have. So it's mm -hmm. it's very encouraging. I think um, you know any guys out there like the Lord can definitely bring someone into your life who uh, can appreciate that. You know, if you have character and a heart for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's a few months of just phone calls. Yeah. So it was about six months since we met before he told me he liked me. Oh. Um, yeah. And. Yeah, we would, it was just phone calls, but we would send like pictures back and forth of like the things that we were doing because we were always texting. And um, so he'd like send me pictures of him and his friends, like um, when you were over at Franzi's house and um, stuff like that. And like when he was at work, he would show me like a picture of like 
the boxes he was moving and stuff like that um and just what i was doing and stuff so like we would send pictures back and forth um but we never video called and um he was insecure about his jaw he has has tmj and it had changed a lot and he didn't i never felt like i could ask to video call like i knew he was insecure about it and i didn't want to push him or anything but once we were kind of like we like each other i was like i want to see you (laughs) so yeah yeah Yeah. and this was all during covid Mm -hmm. did that complicate things at all not really no i think it helped actually and not to you know say that that while that happened was a good thing but she um her her company because of covid right they they laid off right before COVID. It was unrelated, but it worked out with yeah. like they let off a bunch of people uh, mm-hmm. that, including her, um, and I guess because of that, there was a time where we could get to know each other and talk for a long time. So that yeah. was helpful. Like we would have conversations on the phone for like six hours. Yeah, and because of where we both were in our lives, like COVID had taken away a lot of demands that we would normally have we had time and we were able to kind of do that it was a time where we just spent a lot of time like getting to know each other and talking about the lord and we would go through passages of scripture together just kind of like even when we were just friends like um he would be like oh i was reading this and i didn't i don't know if i fully can like grasp it or understand it and like i would read it and we would talk through it and um like just try and figure out like what what it was meaning and stuff like that and so we had time on the phone to like sit together and do that um and i think that was because of covid we did um and so i'm I'm thankful for it in that way Mm -hmm. i mean we were long distance anyways so it didn't make a difference with any of that you had mentioned earlier how really nothing came up in your conversations that was like major red flag, like Mm -hmm. theological Mm -hmm. uh, difference or something like that. Were you trying to find those things or was it more naturally that you just didn't experience uh, those things? Um, I was trying to find them. (laughs) I don't know how he was perceiving it, Um, but I was very much, I was a very, very guarded person. And to me, Christ is the most important. And um, I was very particular about like, there's of course, like there's things that don't matter as much if we have like um, small disagreements, like I have a specific eschatology, but he hasn't looked into it enough where he has an idea on it. And like, that's not a big deal. Um, But like there were like on the major points, there was definitely things that I was like, I mean, if he wouldn't have agreed the same way I do, the same way that I've found in the scriptures, it's like, it would be a, okay, I'm sorry, but we're just friends. And that's a, that was something in my mind that was very strong. Um, and it's why I hadn't dated anybody in a very long time um, when we met. Cause it was just like, that's, that's it. That's is if, if this comes up, then it's like, no, and they don't have a chance no matter what they say. Um, if they change their mind, then yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't want that to sound like you have to listen to what I say, but it's the Bible and that's the authority that I hold that to. Um, so there was definitely like, 
oh, okay, we agree on that. Like, oh, okay, we agree on that. And um, not only that, I felt like he was more knowledgeable than me in a lot of scripture. And there was a lot of things that I was like, I found myself like, oh, I wonder, like I'm thinking about through this passage and I'm not sure how I would, how that is supposed to be interpreted. And like, I wanted to talk with him about it. And I wanted to see what he thought because of how much he knew the scriptures and how much I, how highly I regarded his opinion um, on it and how I knew, like how much he cared about the authority of God and cared about the truth of the scripture and um, context and all of that. And um, he was so learned and knew so many, even like Puritan writers. And like when I would say, oh, like, I don't know how I feel about X, Y, and Z. He would be like, well, this is what this one person feels. And I've read this about this person. And then the Bible says it's something about it here. And like, um, I think all of that for me was amazing because I had never met a man that was able to do any of those things. Um, and so it was more than just like, oh, he checked off the list. It was like, uh, better than I could ever even ask or think of. So these conversations you guys were having and, and it developed into, you know, you telling her that you liked her. Yeah. And then you had yeah. your first Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Did the nature of you guys' relationship change significantly at that point, like on that Zoom call? Was it now like official or... Explain that to me. How did, how did things kind of play out from there? Well, it was the second call, I guess, because the first day I had met her mom and she had connected us. We got on the Zoom call mm-hmm. then. Yeah. But for some reason, between then and the six months I told her I liked her, we didn't get on that video call. We just used the phone. And then afterwards, uh, after that, I, we got on a video call. I know we started using Duo at some point, but it mm-hmm. might have been Zoom, might have been some other It was feature. through Facebook at that time. Yeah, yeah, Facebook, and I don't think it changed much. I mean, she was very, very attractive. Um, she still is. <laughs> but just, yeah, like, you know, first time I saw her for after that long period, and, you know, just very attractive, very striking. Um, but I think, thankfully, we had built up a lot of, agreement and conviction and in some ways trust mm-hmm. um, although that would continue right mm-hmm. the, before until we got married um, but yeah there was definitely just the, the physical component of it um, because in the video you can actually see each other in the phone you're just talking to through voice um, but I don't think it changed materially too much no I would say it wasn't so after he told me he liked me, um, he had asked if we could wait. So we didn't date right away. Um, we waited for a period um, because he wanted to make sure that he was the man he wanted to be to lead me. And we had talked about that. And um, so he just, he wanted to wait for a little bit. And so we were getting on that call, understanding the fact that it was like, we are still just friends and we want to keep it there. But there was definitely like I was giddy <laughs> and there was definitely a little bit more of like we understand it's different when you like have said out loud it's like yes I know that you like me and I was still trying to 
come to terms with that because I didn't believe that he actually liked me. I didn't think that he could. I thought he was so amazing and wonderful. Um, it was mind-blowing to me that he actually liked me. Um, and so, yeah, there was definitely like a giddiness there, but we it wasn't like all of a sudden we were dating. There was definitely this line that like we're friends and we have to keep it there. But he was very sweet. There was a different nature about it. It was kind of more of like a, there's more of, not like he wasn't caring before, but it was kind of like some of the things he said to me that I remember like when he was coming to see me because it was like, we've never actually met in person. And he was like, it was kind of like, oh, don't worry. Like I'm coming because like it was the end of that week. <laughs> he then came um, to see me. He got on a plane fairly quickly and he was like, I'm coming. And it was just very, there was a different feeling to it than when we were just friends. Um, so it was kind of this in-between stage. Um, yeah. Yeah. We are going through a lot too. Yeah, um, we were. Yeah, we were going through a lot. I, I had a chronic jaw issue that I still deal with that, mm -hmm. uh, and it was just working through a lot. I mean, I didn't, I definitely struggled a lot emotionally. Um, and mm -hmm. she, uh, was very kind to me through that, but definitely had like struggles with depression, um, struggles with insecurity, uh, that, you know, and I, I really needed to grow. And I think, um, the Lord brought her at a, the right time when I was, you know, I think I was enough of a Christian to really you know, be able to lead doctrinally correctly, but I still wasn't ready to, you know, propose. <laughs> and um, the Lord allowed us to walk through that last half of our journey together and grow together. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm very thankful that we met when we mm -hmm. did, uh, because I think we both wanted to meet a lot earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. And the Lord kept the field very dry in my early twenties until she came along. Mm -hmm. Right? There were there were definitely others that you know maybe showed interest in me, or I you know thought something could happen with them. But like He said no to everything, and I hadn't known her that. And it kind of makes sense now looking back, you know. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when did it become official? And then you guys started what seeing each other? You. You flew out to Cincinnati and then you flew out to New York at one point. So um, he flew out to Cincinnati in February 2021 um, to meet me. And then the next time he came out was July 2021. And that's when we started dating. Okay. Um, that's when he asked my dad and then asked me. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was six months before, like six months of being just friends. Then he told me he liked me in six months until we started dating. And then you guys, how often would you see each other? Um, so like in person, he had flew out for a week in July, um, when we started dating. And then I flew out in September to see him in New York. And then he came out one more time in, um, during Thanksgiving of that year. And then we didn't see each other again until he moved here in February, 2022. Okay. okay. Yeah. So was that hard? doing long distance yeah <laughs> that was very hard um in some ways i'm thankful for it i'm thankful for how we met and how we started talking i think we really 
got to know each other for who we are in our hearts because um, it was pretty much everything was stripped away except for like our voices and who we were um, and that's all we really had of each other um, all the other things that come along with like attraction like mannerisms and like smells and stuff like that like um, none of that was there um, so you know I fell in love with the man that he was and I think because we were long distance, um, it I was able to do that. Like I'm very blessed that I've never been in a room with him when without like knowing that we like each other. Mm-hmm. Like I've never had to like sit in a room and him be there and be like, oh, like I'm near him and like I really like him, but he doesn't know. And like I never had any of that because it was really like all of our interactions were really they were always one-on-one because it was just texting and calling each other. Um, and we really got to get to like know each other in a more personal setting, I think, than most couples get before they like say they like each other. And so I think there was a huge blessing in it being long distance, but it was definitely hard being so estranged in that way. Um, physically, like I didn't have any worries about anything as far as like, oh, am I going to like this or am I going to like that or like anything like that? Like I wasn't worried about anything, but it was hard being away. It was hard um, just not getting to be near him when he was sick. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't help him. All I, all I could do was text and like all I could do was call and encourage him. Like I couldn't bring him food. I couldn't take care of him. I couldn't do anything when he was hurting I couldn't go sit with him and like there was there was a lot that like your heart just hurts and I think it was a huge relief when he finally moved here and we got to see each other every day and I think we actually saw each other every single day day. um until we got married (laughs) like I don't think there was one oh there was one day we didn't see each other (laughs) it was just one um So, yeah, that's how you know there's one because you remember there was one. Yeah, (laughs) just one. Yeah, yeah, worst day day of your life. (laughs) It was was a hard day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. the smells came later. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, it's uh, I think that that's all true. And I wonder if in a culture like today's, long distance is a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. because. You compare it to how it used to be in biblical times or maybe even, you know, before the 1960s when the sexual revolution happened where people were held to a standard and, um, you know, to break the standard and um, do something before you were married is to go against the grain where today it's all kind of expected almost to mm-hmm. uh, to do things before you're married. And, um, and not that I think you know, we were very, very serious about that. Mm-hmm. Like we were very cautious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even what she said, you know, the physical part of it not being as at the forefront and getting to really know each other in a deep way through those phone calls before we finally came together and mm-hmm. recognized that the physical portion was was going to be there as well was a, a great blessing from the Lord. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think one thing that's given me a lot of confidence is just the I don't know how many couples enjoy this, but the unmistakable feeling that the Lord has been orchestrating this from beginning to end, <laughs> like that that's 
actually been very, very palpable for mm-hmm. me personally, at least. And I think mm-hmm. for her as well, like, I know this was the Lord, like just the way he brought it all together and mm-hmm. what he did and everything he made us go through. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's it. It was a blessing looking back and um, long distance. It's it's not always a bad thing for sure, for sure. Now, you guys coming from two different cultures, mm-hmm. did that, what what kind of, um, what did that introduce into the relationship? Any communication differences or anything of that sort that were just differences and in, in maybe understanding or communication? I don't think so, no. Um, I don't think we've ever had something that was like, because of culture, it was different. I think I knew a lot about Korean culture because I was obsessed with the Korean language and <laughs> Korean culture, and I loved everything about it. Like I had really fallen in love with the language, and so um, I did a lot of research. <laughs> um, no, I just I had looked into it a lot, and so I had watched a lot of like dramas and TV shows, and I felt like I was pretty acclimated to the culture that when he did things that weren't like American I was like if I noticed them I was like oh that's Korean and like I just thought it was cute and I'm like it was very normal to me it didn't feel weird um there hasn't really been anything that I felt like was different but I also feel like I fit in with Korean culture fairly well so I don't think I don't really bump against it if anything like I feel more comfortable in Korean culture than I do in American culture. Really? Yeah. So I don't, we haven't really had anything culturally. Um, there hasn't even been anything that was like, oh, that's weird. Like he does that or he does that. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, that makes sense. I think the one thing he makes a bed different than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like the only thing that was ever like, oh, that's different. Um, because I didn't know it previously, but it's not a big deal. (laughs) Now I'm kind of wondering what different kinds of ways of making beds are there. <laughs> so in Korean culture, I had asked him to make the bed. This was this was before we were married. We weren't sleeping in the same bed. I was staying in New York and um, yeah, at Franzi's. At Franzi's. Yeah. I was staying at a friend's of his house. Yeah. And, um, she kicked me out. Yeah. <laughs> no, the next morning I was her, in. But the, the, the lady yes, who the lady. was allowing her to stay with her. <laughs> 
Uh, which is every you know, night she kicked him out which is <laughs> like, absolutely <get> out. <laughs> which is fine i mean yes. that's what we want that's a yeah. blessing you mm-hmm. know it's a yeah, big blessing yeah. not that i was you know wanting to do anything at that point but um, no but yeah. we were all in the basement where the bed was that i was sleeping and it was just like the morning and it was like not just me and him but um uh his friend and franzi and i think maybe one of her children were, was there too um and i was like oh, the bed, like I hadn't made the bed yet. And I was like, oh, can you just make the bed for me real quick? And he was like, yeah, sure. And he walked over and he folded it. Like he took every piece, like the sheet and the blanket, and he folded them like in a square and put them at the bottom of the bed. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I made the bed. And I was like, oh, (laughs) like, okay. And it made, like once I thought about it, it made sense to me because in Korean culture, people a lot of people still do, but people used to sleep on the floor. Um, and so they would, they'd have mats that, and like blankets and stuff that they would pull out and sleep on the floor. And then during the day you'd fold them and you'd put them away and then you'd use that living space. So, um, yeah, that's just taken over. And like now when you make the bed, you just fold everything and you put it on the end of the bed, Mm -hmm. um, which is not like the Western way to do it. (laughs) But even like now when I'm like, Oh, can you make the bed? He like still does that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But when I make it, I make it the Western way (laughs) with all the pillows and everything. Yeah, It's it's really hard to even say what's due to it being Korean and what's due to it being just Mm -hmm. a part of my personality as well. Like she says, Mm -hmm. I'm gentle and, um, and then at the same time, she tells me she likes Korean dramas a lot better than American dramas because in Korean dramas, you'll have a a narrative and a, a very clear gender division in terms of roles. Mm-hmm. Like the male is, um, and it's, it's heavily marketed towards females, uh, Korean dramas, like heavily. Like, <laughs> so the male is kind of the, almost the object in a lot of these. And the male is kind and caring but at times also very fierce and protective and mm-hmm. um and and kind of you know getting them f- overcoming emotional and you know circumstantial struggles to get to his woman and mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that is you know, i mean in korea that's kind of the culture that's what women mm-hmm. uh kind of grow up with and i think that suits her a lot more than maybe the American ideals. I'm not a girl boss. Um, yeah, especially <laughs> of like the modern gender roles in America today. They're not very hmm. clearly delineated like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't really analyzed myself too much in light of those <laughs> things, um, except to say I do, like, like I, I want to be that kind of person to her. I think just naturally caring and still you know kind of protective and things like that so he definitely has those qualities that you see in the k-dramas and i think it's although i don't look like them (laughs) (laughs) you look better (laughs) um but i think he's he has those qualities but then he's also a christian which makes them all so much better because we're only fallen people and of course a lot of those things are still viewed by the world so there's still like worldly aspects to them um and on top of that he is a christian and i think he's just the most wonderful man in the world Mm, thanks sweetie yeah i think in terms of like i don't know and especially in this part of the midwest how much people 
know about Korea or expect about Koreans. I think most people just think lump it all together into like Asian or Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, in terms of the image that Asian men have had in the United States, especially among the non heavily Asian concentrated areas, like places like this, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't come from a place where Asians were unknown, like where I came from in Queens, Flushing, especially they're everywhere right? <laughs> here. It's not the case. And so I think, you know, the image probably hasn't been as good, you know, maybe more um, techie, mathematical, maybe, you know, which things I don't really agree with, but somehow have kind of been put on as stereotypes. And I think, you know, it helps, but it's becoming a more multicultural world for sure. And I think, uh, interestingly enough, uh, the, the, there's a K-pop band that you have probably heard of called BTS that has, I think, changed that a lot. Like they mm -hmm. made K-pop mainstream and the image that they have is one of, you know, very voices and dancing and um, they're almost desirable, you know, and that's maybe changed things um, from seeing the Asian guys like, oh, it's just, you know, kind of, you know, not that masculine ideal to things have kind of changed a little bit in that regard. And I think stereotypes just tend to be unhelpful. And I think mm -hmm. maybe they're starting to kind of dissolve a little by little as the world becomes more multicultural in that way. So I don't know, I would say like, like, for example, like, I think a lot of people get the idea that Asians aren't, um, like, linguistically competent, you know, mm. um, and, like, opposite. yeah, and it's really strange because... It's, like, very much the opposite. <laughs> no, it's, like, personally, like, I want to be, it's, it, like, at my work, I spend all day talking to people, and, like, I have to be lethal in terms of what I say. Like, I want to be sharp and direct and... And, and especially in a financial conversation. And I think just, I, I do try to do that for, for, for people and for my wife. And I want to be like a very competent person who also can show care. And mm -hmm. I think you do appreciate that, thankfully. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess in, in terms of, I think the reason why I mentioned that is because that's not often expected of Koreans, um, especially if your parents are immigrants and people mm -hmm. assume you're Asian. And I think even a lot of times in New York, like people, you know, they wonder if I could like, oh, you speak English really well. Sometimes you hear that or, and mm -hmm. my parents will, you know, they don't speak English well. And it's, uh, kind of like, I think they do really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just the, the way Cur the Korean identity fits in with America is, is very, um, interesting. I think it's changing. Um, so I think you appreciate some of those aspects as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. I will say too, like, um, I did love the Korean culture and all of that, but it wasn't like if I would have met him, but he wasn't Korean and he was the exact same person, just wasn't Korean. Like I still would have fallen in love with him. And it was like, it's not because of his nationality that I like him or want to be with him or anything like that. It's just a huge bonus <laughs> because he shares in this well, culture that I love. the Lord did use it, though. Yeah. Like, the Lord definitely used it. I mm -hmm. mean, I don't know if I wasn't Korean, if the, her might mother could have talking linked yeah. us together that way. But yeah. Yeah, God used it to start us talking. <laughs> but I get but what you yeah, mean. It yeah. wasn't like the factor. That no, kind of, it wasn't like yeah. you're, you're a perfect man, but you're not Korean. Therefore, I cannot date you. <laughs> yeah almost seems like there was a common interest there 
So that brings me to one of these questions, which is, did you, other than like Korean, the language mm-hmm. and culture, did you guys have a lot in common? We had the Lord in common. Yeah, that was really what it was, honestly. Yeah. It was really Jesus. Like that's Yeah. There's a quote from Herman Bavink that what unites all true Christians is always greater than what divides them. And I think that's so true for us. Like it was it was really the Lord. And um I think there was one other thing too, because you said at one point she was scared that I was gonna be too serious when we first started talking. And I think mm-hmm. right after that I had a more jokey conversation and put her to rest put her fears to rest <laughs> it was like the first few like phone calls we had because like i was i was very seriously looking at him and i was like i'm a very jovial person when i get close with people i can be very like deep and like intellectual and i can carry on conversations with people who are just very like stoic and intellectual and he was very stoic when i first met him which i actually liked i thought was attractive but i was like he kind of he has to be okay with me being like jokey. He doesn't always have to be like along with it, but I was like I don't know if I could joke with him because of how serious our conversations like had been. Um they were just very in depth like about the Lord or Korean and that was like what we talked about. And so I was like I had like the fleeting thought. I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if he's like if I could be joke like jovial with him." And literally the next conversation we had he like cracked a joke i think about either bts or big bang which are two k-pop bands and it made me laugh so hard and we were just like joking around and i was like well the lord answered that (laughs) yeah humor helps definitely especially if you're a guy (laughs) like it's a big we laugh a lot no we do yeah and you're very funny too actually she actually has a great sense of humor um and i think that that is the wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. We, we get to laugh a lot together. Yeah. I think we That's, as far that as helps. Like, that does help. It does help in the mm-hmm. when you're building up a relationship and getting to know each other. Like I think the fact that we could do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that's one thing you can actually enjoy on a phone call. Like you don't have to be with in person with someone to like really laugh together and joke together. Um, mm-hmm. And if you do it right, it's it definitely helps. I think now that yeah. I think about it, that, that's <laughs> so true. I think we did have things in common, but they were all like centered around the Lord. Like we both really loved talking about the Lord and um, reading his word and going into it. We loved hymns and singing like we really bonded over music. Um, He had given me he made me a little playlist of Korean like worship songs because I had said in like the first conversation we ever had, like on that first Zoom call, um, I was like, oh, I've never like I've been trying to find like korean hymns and i it's hard when you don't speak korean well and you don't know what to look for um and so he was like oh i can like send you over a few and he made me a playlist that was like um a few korean songs and like i really studied those and like felt like loved those and then music we would on the phone we would he would play the guitar and we would sing together and we would sing hymns and um that's cute so, yeah <laughs> yeah music actually is another one along with humor like music mm-hmm. and christian uh songs she had a big hymn background mm-hmm. um, yeah he I, was like i want to know more hymns I, and so i sent him a hi- playlist yeah. of hymns and <laughs> i introduced her to a lot more like modern christian songs mm-hmm. and i don't mean modern and like it, it was more like the gettys and like kind of these newer songs that are, were still really rich and that i loved and the melodies with and 
Um, I think I knew like one Getty song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we kind of that was definitely a shared interest too. Just like being able to mm -hmm. appreciate Christian music together and enjoy that together that helped too as well. Yeah, yeah. music. You, you, you appreciate music a lot, mm -hmm. and I do as well. So there was a common interest there. And, and Korean culture, too. I mean, there's lots to talk about there. Yeah. Like, the, you knew the different bands at some point. And mm -hmm. Yeah, so those... Different foods. Like, the first conversation we had, we talked all about different Korean foods. And, like, at the time, I made my own gochujang and um, just other foods I had made. And, like, going through the whole process of making it. Like, I'd send him pictures of me making it and talked about that so there's a lot I think that we had like quote unquote un in common because like I loved the culture and he lived in the culture um and yeah we we talked the thing is we we talked very easily mm -hmm. like even when we were talking like after that initial first like hesitancy and nervousness I mm -hmm. had like the fact that we we're able to just call and just not in person and talk as much as we did is, is amazing to me now that yeah. I look back on it like we talked every day and for hours and mm -hmm. it was it was always like it just it flowed like we were able to converse with each other in mm -hmm. a way and I think a large part of that was the fact that we really cared about each other mm -hmm. um I think it in order to sustain that long of a conversation like it means that you're thinking about what the other person feels and how they're responding it and 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 like you, you want to say things for them that are good and you want to have fun. And like, I think it was a good, like, it was a good sign at the beginning that I could do that with her because mm -hmm. looking back on it now, like we can still really talk to each other and mm -hmm. uh, communicate. Well, I mean, maybe for some couples, that's a skill they need to build. But I think for us, it, it happened like pretty, like we talked very well uh, together mm -hmm. from the beginning. I think too, I'm a very reserved person and, um, like I've I'm it's very hard for me to feel like I'm myself around people um it's very hard for me to be open I'm much better now than I was and I think that's a huge testament to him and how much he's helped me like heal and grow but um when I was talking with him I was just comfortable and like I would just say things like I was thinking them which I never did I always like screened everything I thought because I was I had been bullied a lot growing up and I was always very afraid of what I'd said and what I was um and how I was perceived and things like that and if I was upsetting people or hurting people and like I would always screen everything but I realized after talking with him for a while that I was like I'm just like saying what's on my mind and I'm not like thinking about it before I say it I was just very comfortable and it was so foreign to me because I never did that with anyone um, he was the first person in my life I've ever done that with and I think recently now I feel I do that more often and I'm starting to do that more. And I think it's, I've healed a lot with him. And I'm very, very thankful for that. But yeah, it was just an act of God that I was able to do that right off the bat with him. And I think we've just always been very comfortable. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. Did you guys have any disagreements while you were dating? Um, I don't think No so. arguments. That's a hard one. I don't. Crucial conversations. I don't think so. So we don't really argue in the sense of like a normal like argue. We can we'll have disagreements, but and we'll say things that hurt each other, but we both are very tender, gentle people and we don't like yell at each other, which I'm very thankful for. Um yeah. 
And I don't think we ever had something where we were like on opposing sides when we were dating. We went through very hard things. We had a lot of trials we went through when we were dating, um, just different outside things. But we had always said like we were a team going through them together. I think there was times when we were like hurt, but we always talked through stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely a lot of outside pressures, mm -hmm. um, disagreements between us. I think there's a lot of it. I think waiting was hard mm -hmm. sometimes. Waiting was hard, um, waiting, and I couldn't, I wasn't there. And yeah. I think our, uh, you know, I, I was definitely struggling with depression and I needed mm -hmm. to grow. Um, and so she had to wait through that. That was very difficult for her. Mm -hmm. um, I think in terms of conflict, though, like we we're very conflict averse is what mm -hmm. I'd say. Like we um, we grew up in environments where conflict was uh, happened, you know, I think more than it, they should have. And I think we grew mm -hmm. up to be very averse to that and so mm -hmm. you know we, we tend to not even like flame up and spark but more like turn inwards and become uh, a little colder than we want to be towards each other and even mm -hmm. then like she's she's very attuned to that and i'm very attuned to that so you know we'll we'll come together quickly after that mm -hmm. um but but i think definitely i i, I had great struggles with depression i I, I didn't know whether I would be able to, um, you know, be the man I needed to be for her at one point. And um, I think that was uh, difficult for for both of us. Um, mm. And the Lord just was very gracious to us and kind of made a way through through all that as well. And chronic illness was there as well. Mm -hmm. um, her, she had chronic illness. I had chronic illness. And mm -hmm. um, we just about had that. to yeah so um i i had some bad orthodontic work done when i was um in my high school years um mm -hmm. and then it kind of destabilized my jaw it made things really really hard for me um there was like a period of of a year or a year and a half where i quit i, I stopped um, college i think i had to come back from my college in korea um put a hold on college and like seeking treatment and um yeah like it hasn't been fully healed i think it's it's a little precarious right now even i'm mm. thinking about whether to get treatment for it or just kind of deal with it because the treatments have been so difficult up to this point mm. um but she kind of was not willing to leave me through that like mm. i wasn't really working <laughs> like i worked part-time and then i had to stop even that and she was just very supportive and um, she's dealt with a number of chronic health issues since she was uh, in college. Mm -hmm. And um, I think through my experience of chronic illness, I supported her. Um, but there were definitely times like where I, I was depressed. Like mm -hmm. I was depressed and I wasn't responding correctly. And and she, like we, we had to be careful sometimes not to drag each other into the um, depression and I think the Lord kind of helped us through that mm -hmm. um, but we tend to turn more inward and become like more sorrowful and depressed rather than like actually get in conflict with each other 
Um, yeah. It just happens to be the way we work. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I think yeah. both sides are horrible, you know, but yeah. but we don't like fight like mm -hmm. like maybe we saw earlier in our lives. Like we don't spark like that, thankfully. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think the struggle for us is when we're hurt to actually come to the other one because um, the tendency and what I would want in my heart is to just close off completely and mm -hmm. I have to fight against that even like if he's struggling with something or he's very depressed in a moment like to pray very quickly and gather my strength from God and then do my best to encourage him and talk with him and see what's wrong and point him to the Lord. And he does the same for me, probably more than I do for him. Um, and like what he was talking about with his jaw, like the time when he stopped work, um, it was so bad that when he was laying down, it would like stop his breathing. And it was really, really hard on him. He wasn't sleeping and it was very difficult for him. And yeah. um, just walking through all of that with him. I remember reading him a lot of scripture and um, it was every day just trying to encourage him because a lot of depression comes along with that. And it's been such a long trial for him. I think emotionally it can be very hard. And same with me, I'm struggling with that a lot right now. I'm going through a lot of chron chronic illness and it's been getting worse for me recently. Um, and I think I've been very down and you know, it weighs on him, everything that I go through and me being in so much pain. And, um, but I think he encourages me a lot and he points me to the Lord and I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I think both of us yeah. actually going through that struggle have prepared us to help the other one because when it, it's so easy to, when somebody's going through chronic illness and you don't understand it to dismiss it, um, not meaning to and not being like not saying that people are being mean but you just if you have never been through it you don't understand it and it's really really difficult to kind of bear with that with when someone's not feeling that way but I think because we've both really struggled with it there's a lot of compassion and empathy when we see it and when it continues to drone on and on and on it's like just to be able to stick with it and keep going I think God has really given us the grace to do that through our own pain. And yeah, I hope that all made sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you both knew that the other had chronic illness mm -hmm. before you got married. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, <laughs> so statistically people with chronic illness, and I forget the exact statistic, but I did read this, like they're much more likely to separate Mm -hmm. um i have no i have absolutely no concerns that that's going to happen with us actually mm -hmm. uh because um not of course all the things she talked about as well and and we you know we we have the lord and even what i said before like he has engineered all this like he's orchestrated it perfectly mm -hmm. and i like there's seasons in life where you feel desperate like mm -hmm. desperate like you're i'm not going to make it through and he's always come through and so mm -hmm. um i think it's a it's a wonderful wonderful privilege to when we are at the end of ourselves for me to be able to turn to my wife and have something to hope in mm -hmm. right many people don't have that you don't know the lord and 
Um, they have no hope in Christ or in God, and they have no transcendent anchor to hold on to mm -hmm. when the storms of life are threatening to sweep them, sweep them away into the current. And I think all for us, there is always, always uh, the promise of God to fall upon, right? I will never mm -hmm. leave you. I will never forsake you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, even going back to that thing about like disagreements or maybe things that, you know, can draw us apart, uh, maybe it would be a better way to put it for us. Like even recently I had a, a very difficult day and I wasn't able to respond well to my wife initially and um, she was hurt and I was not happy and we kind of were in opposite rooms doing different things and we just... Uh, it just happens that you know I, I the lord helps me to get up and go to her and mm -hmm. hug her and um and we come together again and um mm -hmm. and a hug fixes everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and and we do apologize too mm -hmm. like i think that's the thing too like being quick to apologize yeah. like we're very quick to apologize and yeah um I, I definitely you know like like hey um would you please forgive me for this you know and um no way are we perfect i mean we like I definitely need to be better many times in uh, putting aside my own sorrows and my own fatigues and my own depression and um, being a better leader for my wife. But I think uh, definitely the Lord gives us grace to apologize. And, um, and, and I think that's one thing that we're just, uh, I think the Lord's growing us and, you know, like uh, not turning inward when mm -hmm. circumstances get hard and just standing aloof but coming together again and mm -hmm. um, caring for the other person despite how we feel so mm -hmm. that's yeah there is strength within the sorrow There is beauty in our tears And you meet us in our mourning With a love that casts out fear How did you both discover that the other one was the one you wanted to marry? <laughs> um... So, like I talked about before, I was very aware of him from the beginning. Um, I was very interested in him, um, but I was also very guarded, and um, I had a lot of hurt in my past. I was a very insecure and broken person, I think. Um, I understand that, you know, God is our salvation, and he is our strength, and we're not truly broken in him, but I was very... I was, I was just a very weak and insecure person. Um, and I think more, the more and more I got to know him, the more and more I felt very secure in the man that he was. And I loved him, even though I was afraid to say it at the time. Um, and I think after there was one conversation we had once, and this was before he told me he liked me, um, where we were talking about like future spouses and it was kind of like what 
I would like to be like and what he would like to be like. And I don't remember how we got on that conversation, but I remember him like just kind of like talking about some things. And um, I was so surprised in the way that he felt. And it felt so um, it was so perfect for what I had wanted and not just in the Christian sense, but also in like um, earthly things. And I remember after we got off that phone call that I got on my knees and I asked God that this would be the man that I'd be able to marry. And I prayed that fairly regularly after that point. That was kind of like the point for me that I was like, this is the man I would like to marry if if the Lord would bring it together. But I was very specific on I was not going to say anything to him if it was going to move forward he was going to start the relationship so that was my way of kind of putting it in God's hands um I also just believe personally um that for me it was right for me to let the man lead in that way um I know other people like the women woman has said something first and that works for them and I don't think there's anything biblical that's against that but for me I felt very convicted that for him to lead I he would have to say something um and yeah so I would just pray and wait and he did yeah yeah there was definitely a sense like uh, knowing that she's single and I'm single and we're talking this much it um and of course it, it would have felt wrong at some point to just pretend that this was all about friendship. <laughs> like it's just, it, I don't think it's right to spend that much time with, and, and, and for me, um, you know, to be frank, it wasn't, it was very like, I felt very much like I was drawn into something. Um, and um, because I, I wasn't expecting her mother to do what she did. I wasn't expecting these conversations to happen. And mm -hmm. I think that was the Lord being gracious to me because I think honestly at that point I wasn't, um, I think I'm a much better initiator now than I was back then. Mm. Um, and I think I, I also grew up in a very broken, uh, like I was also coming out of a lot of brokenness and I was also insecure and um, and so the Lord was very gracious to me in that he allowed those things to unfold the way he did. Um, uh, he, so it was, um, but at some point you realize like you're, I'm talking to this young lady every day. <laughs> and like, it, so I, I think that, um, and I wasn't willing to let that go. Right. That was, I wanted to keep talking to her and, we did share so much in the Lord. And then um, I think, you know, we met each other in person and everything just seemed to kind of come together one after one thing after the other. And I think, um, yeah, honestly, again, looking back, it's like the Lord just so unmistakably engineered the whole thing. <laughs> How did you propose? Yeah, so I went 
Um, well, I was over at her house first the day of, and I we'd really been wanting to be married for a while. Like mm -hmm. it was no secret how committed I was to her, and mm -hmm. um, you know we were in it for the long haul. So uh, it wasn't like a very surprising decision that was made. But I think I did take her by surprise on the day a little, where I asked Arnold who's actually does work with her at AIG as a designer. He just, he has a camera and um, I asked him on the day, like, can you come out? And he's like, yeah, when? And I'm like, today. <laughs> 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 yeah, and so uh, um, he came out uh, to the bridge, the Roebling Bridge. We went on the side in Kentucky with all the murals and he kind of waited behind the um, part there. And there's a big circle there with the gate uh, with little black border um, so the sea's kind of the river's kind of crashing and there's a beautiful um, kind of sunset there and mm -hmm. I danced there a little and I danced we, we did two I, I put two songs on my phone and we waltzed together one was Perfect by she Ed Sheeran mm -hmm. and the other was uh, Euphoria by actually one member of BTS uh, his name is Jungkook and she likes both of them she loves both of them so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um yeah i was and then she i just after the two songs i dropped down and i got on my knee and i proposed to her i had mm -hmm. hit in the ring and she very graciously accepted and uh, a lady came up to us right afterwards and said you know like something like that was the most beautiful thing I've seen in a long time and <laughs> I hope wish you guys all the happiness in the world but um so you forgot something <laughs> what we when we went to the bridge at first we sat down and we read Romans 8 together um, yeah yeah which yeah, has been absolutely. a passage of scripture yeah. that has meant a lot to us throughout our whole relationship um yeah we've gone through it um very in depth and I think there's a lot of parts of it that have meant so much to us. And um, so we sat down first um, right by like there's these ste there's these steps that lead down to like the riverbed. Um, and so we, were, we sat down there first and read through all of Romans 8. And then he led me over to the little circle place and then danced. And yeah, no, that's thank you. For the, thank you, dear. Yeah, that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I just thought it'd be good to read that passage because it had gotten us through so much mm -hmm. and you know, uh, our pastor preached from that passage at, uh, at our wedding um, so that's mm -hmm. always been a very very important chapter for us so we mm -hmm. read it together and then danced and didn't you like have a hunch I was going to do it though dear like you were, yeah, you were like so, telling okay. yourself like it's not going to happen when you thought it was going <laughs> to happen or something yeah so <laughs> there was like a series of events that led up to it too. like he I knew when he was going to ask my parents for permission I knew that they were going out and I knew he was like asking them um it, we were very open I think there was so much that had happened in our relationship and we had been wanting to be engaged for such a long time and it had been such a hard kind of journey that it wasn't it was more important I think for him and for me, but like it was important for him to want to have me at ease rather than it all be like a surprise. So like um, I was very aware of the fact that like 
it was he was going and he was going to ask my parents and it was kind of like even when they came back it was like i knew they had said yes like so i knew it was going to happen and we had picked out the ring and i knew when i knew he had picked it up like two days before um that he had asked me so i knew it was coming and it wasn't like this huge surprise thing but on the day um we had been going through just with all of our like health issues and stuff we um go through a lot of ups and downs together and it had been a little bit more down and i remember him saying like let's just let's just be happy and let's just you know rejoice in the lord together and so we're like let's go down to the bridge and i was like okay and the whole time i was like i felt like it might be because it was like a cute date <laughs> but i was like i didn't want to be upset at the end of the day if he didn't propose to me i didn't want to be like let down i just wanted to enjoy spending time with him and being with him um and there were very specific things he knew i wanted he knew i wanted someone to have pictures i wanted it i wanted it captured um so that's why he asked arnold <laughs> mm -hmm. and like um I just wanted it to be sweet and I wanted something cute and he, he did that like wonderfully. But yeah, the whole time I was kind of like, is he going to propose? And I'm like, I kept telling myself, no, he's not going to propose. Like, don't think that because I didn't, I didn't want to be upset at the end of the day. I just wanted to have a good day with him and really enjoy the time that we had together. So I kept telling myself he wasn't going to until he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did you guys spend the time between engagement and marriage? <laughs> oh just so I just mean, the wedding <laughs> that was all we just planning yeah, i think and i think our church was very kind to us and mm -hmm. in many ways but i think a lot of the preparation for it was unnecessarily prolonged like there was an abundance of caution and mm. um, a lot of assumptions that were made about yeah. how difficult it was gonna be and that didn't really have to be made. And mm -hmm. um, I'm thankful that, you know, we've kind of moved past that because mm -hmm. um, the day of the wedding was, you know, they were so amazing and accommodating mm -hmm. and a lot of people helped us. But um, I think uh, so. These were from parents? Uh, the parents as well. And also uh, I think our, our pastor, um, he meant well, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of... Um, it was like a pre-engagement counseling. So generally, I think, you know, we're all familiar with premarital, but then I think there was a pre-engagement before that. Um, and I think for us, like that was kind of difficult. Like we got to do counseling before we're engaged and then we have to do premarital. <laughs> and mm. so it felt a little like too prolonged. And I think, um, and we had been waiting for a while and there yeah. was, there had been a lot of setbacks of, we wanted to be engaged much earlier in the year and um we weren't able to be and i think mm -hmm. just more prolonging was like and assumptions that were made that were hurtful and hard to kind of move through that weren't true and oh and she got know. sick she got sick yeah like as we were preparing for it she started to experience like um abdominal like n like pain nausea and mm -hmm. and um that just continued on even after we were married for a while it's gotten yeah. better now thankfully yeah. she still has some of it but it's not as bad um but yeah that was just so it was a very tough time because i think after we got we got engaged last august mm 
Mm-hmm. And then we got married in December. So it was like mid-August, late August, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it was like three months. We had three months. <laughs> it was yeah. three, months three months to like put together, together everything for a wedding. And yeah. um, I think they, you, did your mom start preparing for it a little beforehand? With yeah. The so because yeah, of yeah. all of that, mom and I went dress shopping before we were engaged. Oh. Um, yeah. And because my mom, so she's a seamstress and um, we were going to get a dress, but knew she would have to alter it to kind of fit me. Um, so we could get something cheaper <laughs> that didn't exactly fit me. Um, but we needed to have it as soon as possible so she could start altering it. Um, so yeah, we went dress shopping mm. before and like I had some, I had a lot of things like kind of like, this is what I want before. And we had already actually talked out like our order of service a long time ago. Wow. Um, so we were in this weird phase between the actual engagement and the marriage where we had like already, again, we knew it was going to happen. Like we mm-hmm. were committed beforehand. So uh, we had already prepared in some ways and then in other ways we were really really rushing to get it done yeah we were both working full time she got sick and then um it was honestly it was so stressful <laughs> it was so <laughs> stressful. stressful um so it was pr- but i'm thankful that the we kept it short i mean mm-hmm. and personally i don't think a long engagement is very helpful um i i don't see a reason why uh couple committed to purity would do it unless they really had to for some reason um but yeah for us we were like we we want to get married like we know Mm -hmm. it's it's right um we both are sincere we love the lord and we want we've really been doing our best to do this right this whole time and Mm -hmm. like there was no like reason not to and so i think the lord was gracious to us and you know he very compressed and very difficult time but in terms of the actual marriage we were actually able to nail it down in december and mm-hmm. um prepare for it so a lot of it was preparation decorating the church sending invitations um getting mm-hmm. my suit tailored which was another nightmare <laughs> um and and things like that was a lot of it and then of course spending time with each other every day and um just like we had been before but mm-hmm. a lot of busyness and also just helping her with the kind of sickness as well, just supporting mm-hmm. each other. That was kind of how we spent those three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think it was, it was very stressful. I think too, if I could have had like in a perfect world, I would have probably, I would have liked to have been like engaged in February and then married in November or December. Um, that like would have been like a quote unquote perfect timeline in my mind, still pretty short, but not like years. Um, but we had been wanting to be engaged much earlier than we were and had just like dragged on so long and it had been so much. I was like, we talked about either December or March of the next year. And I was like, I just, I can't do that. I don't want to wait. I don't, I just yeah, want to Yeah, we didn't want to wait till March. It was like, we've just waited so long to be married and we just want to be with each other. And that's more important than all of the extra preparations and things I could do in those months. And to me, it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. Um, and I'm very, actually, I'm very, very thankful because during, right after we got married, I got very sick and I had to go to the hospital a lot of times. And I think it would have been really hard in the middle of the night to go through all of that without him. I think I was very, very blessed that I was able to have him and we were married going through that um, because he was able to support me in a way he couldn't have if we were dating or if we were just engaged. 
Um, and not that you want to be sick right after you're married and newlyweds, but um, I am thankful for the timeline of it, even though it was extremely stressful. But he was wonderful. He helped me so much. And he wrote all of the stuff for the website. I put the website together, but he wrote all of the fun stuff for it. And I put the pictures on it. And he helped me with all of the invitations we spent a like weekend putting them all together and like doing the wax on the back of it. <laughs> she burned her finger on the wax. It was horrible. Oh. That was a horrible situation. My mom, it was actually, yeah, his mom. we were thinking of going to the ER because of that. And my mom, who was a, a Korean ajuma, which means <laughs> she, uh, Korean middle-aged women have a very like amazing reputation, especially if you know anything <laughs> about the Korean community. Um, but she just somehow knew that aloe vera was the right thing to do. And that was like the one thing that stopped the pain from that yeah. burnt wax. Um, but no, I mean, there were other reasons why we delayed as well. Like we did want to be engaged earlier in 2022, but you know, I was going through massive sleep issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it just, my mind was in, um, yeah, the circumstances that led up to that are a bit difficult to relate uh, in totality here but just I was going through a lot of sleep issues earlier in the year and mm-hmm. um, I think the Lord kind of uh, until I got to a bit of a better place with that the Lord um, or a lot better place actually um, we delayed that engagement and then the church kind of I think um, you know they were they wanted a lot of things to be um, clear and, and I think the trouble with that sometimes was that we had already gone through so much and supported each other so much in the Lord that a lot of the assumptions that were made weren't really helpful to us because we were already taking it really seriously as Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, we couldn't, it couldn't come fast enough, basically. Mm-hmm. Although the church, they did try, they didn't mean to hurt. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, Do you yeah. feel comfortable sharing what some of those assumptions may have been? Yeah, just, um, I think, you know, um, and uh and of course we're not going to name the specific person who was doing the counseling but um who meant well um and who's probably seen a lot of couples who uh you know maybe had these issues later or Mm -hmm. were struggling with them in the moment but it's just we weren't that couple like we were very sincere and willing to hold each other up and had waited a long time but things like you know like you're gonna like you're gonna have you know conflicts like you're gonna have you know bad disagreements like you you're very uh you have to be prepared for the this the other person being a, a horrible sinner like kind of those kinds of things um, mm-hmm. although it wasn't said in quite that way and and it actually came out in a lot of insecurity and i had to really console my wife because mm-hmm. i think she grew up in a with a lot of hardship and mm-hmm. she's like are we going to be this way and i really didn't think we were and and it turns out we didn't you know yeah, like we're, it, not, we're not we're not yeah and so it's like no like dear i don't think we'll you know fight and be separate and be um you know racked with conflict um i think you know we'll definitely we're, we're sinners we're not perfect but mm-hmm. we're very sincere and we do come together well and i think we'll be okay um so i think maybe a little uh weighing heavy on the side of you know like um, cause I think there's an idea in the Christian community with two young people coming together in marriage and like, you don't, there's almost an expectation that, uh, I think you, you heard this from someone like the first seven years are going to be like 
torment, <laughs> like yeah. sanctification, like it, God's going to put your nose to the grindstone. And like the first years of marriage are horrible and they're the worst. <laughs> and like, I think what was really hard for us is it didn't really seem like anybody was happy for us. Mm-hmm. It seemed very much like they were, there was all of these like warnings and it's going to be so bad. And, mm. um, I understand a lot of the reasons that you know we were going through a book for the counseling and i understand a lot of the reasons that those things were in the book it is things that people do struggle with um but i think a lot of things like when we when he first told me he liked me he made it very clear that it's like i'm interested in you and i want to date you for the for the sake of I see you as I could get married to you. And I was like, I feel the same way. And that was talked about like at the beginning. And so we came at our whole relationship from a very different perspective. I feel like a very Christian minded perspective. And I think like the book that was, it was trying to kind of say like, oh, have you thought through these things? And we're like, yeah. (laughs) um and it was kind of like yeah you're going to be like there's going to be screaming matches and there's going to be all of these things and I was like very stressful and scary for me just like reading through it and it's like you know we're not like that at all are we going to be like that and like that's like my worst nightmare like a lot of things they were saying was like my worst nightmare and like I don't want this to happen and he's like but we're not like that and yeah and, and uh, to be fair the, the the person who was trying to help us um wasn't like completely familiar with uh, her backstory yeah, and mine um so I think it's a tricky situation but um and, and also we are kind of unique I think in the fact that like we we went through a lot of pain before we came together and mm-hmm. so um I don't know if many couples have that um so i think just the point is it really differs with each couple um so i think it's really a case-by-case thing and i wish that had been done a bit better for us um but yeah we got married yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so we look back we're like thank god it happened you know yeah yeah so how was physical intimacy handled during your relationship um so like before we were married right Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were um, we were thankfully the Lord had given us a lot of a, a lot of um, grace in this area. We mm-hmm. we were very serious about it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I was really big even on like telling her her dad, um, keeping him updated on every step of the way. Like if I mm-hmm. took her home late, I'd text him or uh, apologize to him if she came home like late and. Um, so we, I think the Lord blessed us in that area. Like we came into the relationship, like very wary. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that was, that was a blessing. And there were definitely times where like, um, my wife is a very affectionate person. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it took time to build that trust, but once it was built, she trusted me a lot. And so, uh, Mm -hmm. for her, um, she, like hugs are comforting to her. Mm-hmm. So she would hug me a lot. Um, and as a guy, you know, I had to, there were times I had to step away from the hug and there were times where, or, or maybe, you know, things um, just, you have to step away. Like say, okay, like this is, I have to be careful here. Um, definitely that happened quite often, mm-hmm. especially towards the, as closer and closer to marriage. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the Lord was very, very kind to us. And I think we did it well. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's really paying off uh, immensely now that we are married. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, with a guy and a girl, sometimes you know, if you just, just want to hug, want to, <laughs> but then <laughs> for a guy, it can be like, it's a different story, like, you know, so. I think from the beginning of our relationship, we set boundaries. We like talked about it. Like when we first started dating, we were like, um, you know, before we were dating, we didn't really have boundaries, even though we had that time period where we like were friends and just talking. Like it was, um, I think we didn't hold hands at that time. I think we did hug. Um, he kissed me on the forehead before he left <laughs> the one time. <laughs> yeah. But then we were long distance until we started dating. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't really anything like that. But um, when we started dating, we talked about boundaries and we talked about like um, things that was like, you know, for each of us, it was like, we shouldn't go past here. Like this is my set of things and this is like his set of things. And then that did actually ebb and flow. Like it changed like in the sense of, um, when we were together more often, it was like, okay, I'm realizing that this is not okay. And like we did, but we can't. Mm. Um, and I don't think we ever sinned, yeah. but it was just kind of like in the sense of kissing oh, on that's... the lip was like a good example of that. Yeah. Like I think when I first came here, or when we started, when we started uh, dating, yeah, yeah, like I kissed you on the lips and then mm -hmm. it like... took about all of a day for him to go, we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> can't do that anymore <laughs> yeah and then i think towards after we got engaged we started to do it again here and there and then yeah um, and then kind of you know, but it was started. very much he i will say something from a woman's perspective that I was very very thankful for him and i think that it does fall on the man is he really let it um i think it was like he was very strict and like you know these are our boundaries and this is what we set and like I'm, I am a very affectionate person. Yeah. And so I'm tend to like, I just want to cuddle up to you. And I will do that with people that I'm like platonic with like other girls. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, I'll just like hug you. And like, like, so to me, I'm like, yeah, of course I love him like more than anyone. I'm going to, you know, do that. But he was like, I was, I always listened to him mm -hmm. <laughs> when he did it. There was sometimes that it was hard because I'm like, uh, from an emotional standpoint, I'm like, I just want to, I have all this affection and I just want to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, him just being like, you know, he, he would often say Joshime, which is like, be careful in Korean. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's always like, he would just say Joshime and like, I would step back and, um, it was just kind of understood that whenever he would say like, be careful, like, and I mean, I said it a few times too. There was times where I was like, no, I've like, I've got to be careful. And, yeah. um, I think we just always respected each other in that, but he really led that. And I think as a woman, that's a blessing. And I think the way that it works in a Christian relationship is if the man is very strong on it and leading, um, personally, yeah, I think that, I agree. Yeah. that that's the most success that you'll have in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. The man, um, definitely. Yeah, th I'm thankful you feel that way, sweetie. And I know, like, you know, it's great having a woman who shares that conviction with you. I mean, that makes it mm -hmm. so much easier, right? Mm -hmm. So she definitely deserves to be uh, praised for that as well. But definitely, I think I, I did take a leadership role in that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, just very, um, you know, kind of setting those boundaries, saying, you know, mm -hmm. it's too close and um, things was, like that. Oh, yeah. No, go on, dear. I was going to say, he was very specific, too, that, like, he didn't 
want to because he was like, I could, I'm, I can't do that to you in the sense of like, he really looked at it as I need to protect you and I need to treat you the way that God would want me to. And it was very much that he honored me and he cared for me. And it was always in the sense of like, no, I need to protect you in this. And it was very much, he saw it as protecting me to step back and to kind of deny those desires that you have in the moment. Um, and I was always so thankful for that. I really felt it, it really enhanced me feeling cherished and cared for. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when that moves into marriage, then you just feel more cherished and more special and more cared for. Yeah. In hindsight, what are some ways you would have handled your time before marriage differently? Um, we were, we were trying to press forward for a lot of our pre-marriage relationship and mm -hmm. the Lord hemmed us in first through the long distance and mm -hmm. we count down the days to see each other. So I feel like there wasn't much we could do almost for a lot of it. Like we couldn't really change the situation we were in. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe that question would apply more to like when we actually started to meet in person. Um, I think I can't really think of anything that I wish we would have done differently. Um, I'm very thankful for the way everything worked out. Of course, we're human beings and we could have handled certain situations better and stuff like that. But I don't think there's anything really that we did that I am like, oh, I wish that I would have acted differently or I would have done something differently in this situation, mm -hmm. uh, just personally. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a tough question because um, I think definitely, I think probably circling back to that um, depression issue, mm. uh, which thankfully the Lord has given me a lot of progress in. Um, but certainly like there were many instances where I could have uh, responded better to her and um, mm. kind of loved her better and been stronger for her instead of just falling in on myself. Um, yeah, with the sleeplessness last year, it was very, very difficult mm. for me. Mm. Um, my mind was just, uh, just, it was a difficult time. And I think, you know, there were certain places where um, I was just upset and frustrated and um, I caused her some some fear in that, um, mm -hmm. although we quickly reconciled, thankfully. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do wish I had handled some of those times better. Um, but in terms of like an actual timeline and how I approached her and approached her father for marriage and mm -hmm. um, kept boundaries on us, I think overall the Lord was very good to us and we did pretty well in that. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, and, and again, like we're quick to apologize, thankfully. Um, so the timing for that, I think the Lord has blessed us with. Um, so that's kind of what comes to comes to mind.
What have you seen of the modern dating environment for Christian singles? I've heard this from both John MacArthur and the pastor of our church that he wishes they could just arrange everyone in marriages. <laughs> in <our> <laughs> <church>. <laughs> like just line them all like, and so I think for some reason in uh, a lot of Christian churches, maybe hmm. there's a lot of, hardship getting people to meet each other and date with each other and then in the world of course it's the opposite there's too much eagerness and mm. um but in terms of modern christian dating i think one struggle that i have seen is that people are looking for the perfect person mm -hmm. they're looking for the person who is gonna like be 10 out of 10 in like every box and especially that relationship between godliness and physical um appearance and which needs to be prioritized i think is something a lot of people um might probably be struggling with um if articles online i've read of or any indication of that and i would just say like um you know god is really able to help us to prioritize the, the character of a person mm -hmm. um and i think um, for us, it really was the character mm -hmm. that did it. It was not um, how beautiful the other person was. Uh, it, oh, she is very attractive, thankfully. <laughs> um, but all that means nothing without character, mm. godly character. And mm -hmm. especially her, she has a very big heart, um, very a lot of compassion. And, um, and that came out very early on in our relationship, even when we were just on the phone. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to have that has been such a blessing. And I think it's ultimately the reason why, you know, we're able to come together the way we were. And mm -hmm. so like prioritizing that and, and, and surprising that I think is, is so important for modern Christians in the dating scene today. Yeah. I think a lot of what you see in the church today is just a lot of young singles, at least in our church, I'll say, like a lot of young singles and none of them are talking to each other or dating each other. Um, if they do date somebody, it's like from outside the church. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I don't know why that's happening. I don't know if it's because our culture is becoming much more visual with like social media in the last few years. And if there's more like want for like a perfect person um, or it's just because they're not getting along or I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I feel like when I was single and wanting to date somebody, there wasn't even like, it was like as dry as a bone. There was nobody in my church that was the same age as me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like there wasn't even like, Oh, I could possibly like them. <laughs> there was nobody. Um, and yeah, I think it, there seems to be more of a resurgent, recently of younger Christians that know more. It's not like very wishy-washy Christianity. There are stronger Christians that are coming out with deeper theology and, um, and they're fairly young and like all around the same age. And so um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's not, but it seems like there's been this push to wait much longer and get married much later. Mm. Now, that's not always everybody's fault. I mean, we were married when we were 26. I would have loved to be married when I was 20, <laughs> but um, that's not what the Lord had. And I'm thankful for that in some ways. I think God saved us a lot of pain um, by making us wait. And, you know, maybe that's what he's doing in these other people's lives. Um but yeah, that's just what I've seen. Yeah. I think definitely another thing too that comes to mind is that a lot of young people now are coming out of broken families. Mm. Um, and I think that that does definitely make finding someone harder. I mean, for it, obviously, mm -hmm. right? You, If you haven't had that good example and that healthy environment, um, stepping into something, especially for a committed Christian that is really looking for someone to marry and to build a long-term thing with um, that isn't seeking to just perpetuate dysfunction mm -hmm. uh, it can be a daunting thing and you want to find the right person and you yourself aren't very confident because of that and uh, and i think for me as somebody who really sympathizes with that i think the to me it's a miracle that i, I i'm married to my wife and to the, the woman she is and god is absolutely able to build us up and to make us the men and the women we need to be in Christ. And um, to think of that verse from Hebrews 13, where he says, the God of peace who raised the shepherd of the sheep from the dead, right? He can equip you in all things to, to do his will and what is pleasing to him. And whatever dysfunction or disadvantages we have suffered, um, in our childhood or in our family dynamic or whatever bad examples we had, uh, the encouragement is that the Bible assures us that in Christ, um, God is able to overrule all those things and even work them together for good and build us up in those places that are weak. And so I think, um, you know, those we have to rely on the, the sufficiency of Christ and have confidence um, that God can uh, provide for us and that we don't have to repeat those cycles that we've been in and that we should look forward to, to it with hope that God can use me to turn the ship around and to make mm -hmm. a happy marriage. I mean, it's possible. It's not only possible, but I think in Christ, uh, you know, young people from broken homes who love the Lord should expect that mm -hmm. and, and commit to that. Um, so I think, you know, being gospel centered in that approach is, is very encouraging as well. I think he can also use your brokenness. I think yeah. God takes all things. He works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I, I do believe that even things that are horrible that happen and things that make us feel broken and make us feel less than, I think God can use those to help us to be sympathetic in ways or help us to use yeah. it to grow us or use it to show our own hearts and you know maybe it will help you with your future spouse and i think that's definitely been true of both of my husband and i's childhood growing up we've had very very difficult things happen to us but because of those things i think it's made us better people for each other um yeah. and not that I mean, that pain is hard and it's really difficult to go through, but I don't think it discounts you from being in a relationship or I don't think it puts you at a disadvantage. If anything, I think it gives you more of an understanding and more of a care 
um, and God can make it beautiful. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. What advice do you have for single men? Yeah. Um, and so there are only two categories of single men. And the, the first category is those who don't know Christ. And to them, I would say that you, uh, there is nothing more important than for you to understand mm -hmm. what marriage is supposed to point to, right? It's, it's, it, marriage is good and wonderful as it is. Um, it, it's the grace of life, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's the best part of life when you're in a happy marriage. Um, wonderful things happen in it that can't happen in a healthy way anywhere else in this world. And it's all really meant to point to the fact that we, uh, are supposed to be in, in in perfect intimacy with with our Creator God, mm -hmm. and that Jesus Himself comes to Earth and and dies to cleanse us of our sins, so that we can become a part of His Church, which He considers His bride and which He gives His life up for. And 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 so that the single man that doesn't know Christ and is looking to marriage needs to understand that he'll never understand the true fulfillment of marriage until he mm -hmm. is reconciled to God in Christ. Um, and it's only by modeling our marriages after Christ that um, we find that true happiness and that peace and that joy in marriage. Um, and I'd say to the single man who knows Christ and who's preparing for this, and it's interesting because I'm actually doing a Bible study at, on church on this very subject of how can single men prepare to be husbands? And um, absolutely the first and most important thing is to um, sincerely love and, and seek the Lord Jesus in your own personal life. Um, and I think probably a lot of the reason why God delays marriage for so many, um, and it's, it's difficult, it's a trial when, you're, when you have desires that you can't fulfill and, and, and you want to be intimate with a woman and there's no way for you to do that. Like, huge sympathy for these guys and and the encouragement to them i think is that god is is preparing you he's preparing you and and he wants you to to love him in this moment so that he can build you up to be the man you need to be and so mm -hmm. if you're sincerely loving and seeking christ and you are repenting of your sins and seeking to grow in holiness um, that is the fertile soil in which God raises up husbands to be leaders for his daughters and so he has them he has you in a period where you are exactly what where you need to be in order to become that kind of person so don't despise that right don't um, turn away from God in that but thank him for it and expect that in due time you know if the sincerely desiring a woman preparing for that doing you know loving god he will bring that person to you in his way um and i think for most men um they they, sh they can't expect that because that's the normal way of life and if for some extraordinary reason god does not do that for you then um he has some very special commission for you like the apostle paul um, but i don't think that's the case for most men i think most men are called to that so um, I think that's kind of the encouragement I would give single men to love the Lord and and uh, to to seek Him with with all their hearts and especially you know work towards purity as well. Fight for purity and um, if you don't have it, definitely get a pastor, a counselor, and 
and really, really um, win that battle before you, you come together with a woman. Mm-hmm. And what advice do you have for single women? Um, I think similarly in the sense of single women who aren't saved, who don't know the Lord, that um, ultimately what you are searching for and that fulfillment that you want that you're looking for in a spouse is only ever going to come from God. And if you're looking for it in a man, then it's always going to be disappointing and it's going to be very difficult and it's going to make a marriage very difficult. Um, so for women who don't know the Lord, um, I would say that what you truly are searching for and the ache that you feel in your heart is the Lord and that fulfillment can be more than a marriage can ever be and it can also make a marriage so much more fulfilling and so much more beautiful. Um, so to seek after the Lord and to find him and um, to reach out to people in their lives that they know are Christians and um, yeah, understand and believe the Lord, I would say for unsaved women. And then for saved women, um, I think there's a lot of different things I kind of thought about. I think one of the biggest ones was um, in looking when I'm like looking for um when I was looking for him, not now. <laughs> um, when oh, I w- thank you. <laughs> when, <laughs> I appreciate that. When I was looking for a husband, <laughs> um, was any man that came up, it was like, would I be okay with letting this man make every decision for the rest of my life? And if the answer was no, which it almost always was, it always was until I met him. <laughs> Um, then it's like, I can't consider this person because in a marriage relationship, you are equal to a man in the sense of your soul has an equal weight and God sees you as equal. However, you have different roles. And I think that's a hard thing, especially in our society for a lot of women to kind of cope with. And, um, but when it comes to submission, I think that, you know, a husband and wife should definitely be a team and they should work through things together. You should be your husband's highest counsel. So if you're unsure about something, it should be a huge red flag to him and he should stop and talk with you about it and all of that. And um, so it's not just a quiet submission of I'm not allowed to say anything. But the truth is a lot of times are going to come when you might not be okay with it and you have to just say, I'm going to submit to what you want because or not what you want what you think is best for us in this situation um and if you are not comfortable with the way this man makes decisions then you should not even be considering him for a husband um because it's only going to bring strife and pain and a lot of hurt um because you're always going to be fighting that and trying to take over the reins if you're not willing to submit to him um now i definitely think that you should look at the man and if he is just saying you need to submit to me no matter what and not taking your counsel into consideration then that's not a man that i would give any time to um but so i think that's one big thing um that i would say another thing i would say is that um become the woman that you 
like that would attract the man that you want. So essentially, when I was waiting for Jung Hyun, um, I realized I like looked at all the qualities that I I wanted in a man, and I was like, well, I need to be, and like, am I the woman that would attract that type of man? And so I was like, I need to be close to the Lord, and I need to be able to know all these things and to, and like talk about theology, and I need to work on myself. And I spent a lot of time. Um, getting closer to the Lord and being the woman that I actually wanted to be in my relationship with Christ. And it took me kind of looking at myself and going, I'm not the woman that would attract a man that I would want to marry. Um, And I was like, well, that's not the woman I want to be anyways, regardless of like a marriage situation in that. So working on being the woman that you should be in Christ and really focusing on that and you will naturally attract the type of man that you would want that will love the Lord because he will see all of those qualities because if a man is doing that himself, if he's being like the type of man that you would want, then he's going to see how close you are to God and he's going to see all of that and that's going to be extremely endearing to him and it's going to be a very big draw in this world that's so full of sin and selfishness. And not that we can't be that way. We can. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was something that I looked at. And also, I would say, um, be very aware of your covering. Um, as a woman, you are under authority in a different way than necessarily a man is. Um, a man can still be under authority in the sense of his pastor. If his pastor is telling him, I don't think you should be with this woman, I think that they should heed that. But um, And that is an authority that God puts over us for our protection. But as a woman, um, your father is your authority. And God has designed it that way for your protection, not for your control. Um, and I think that there should always be a consideration of that. I understand in some women's life, they don't have a father figure or their dad's not in the picture or their dad's not a Christian. Um, I think if there's an ability to that, that should always be a consideration. Even if they're not a Christian, they are still your covering and God can work through them. Um, Now they don't have to, I mean, if they're telling you to do something unlawful, like, unlawful like sinful or something then um obviously you would follow the bible but um i would just say try your best to submit to the authority that god has given you while you're looking to move under a new authority under your husband and um i think so many times in our society women see that as like being in chains and i see it as something that's truly beautiful of i'm always protected and I'm always cared for, um, moving from one person's care to another. Um, and sometimes we're under someone's care that if they're not leading very well, there's a lot of things that can happen that can be very hurtful. And that care might not always be the best or what we would want, but it is still a care that God has put over us. And um, I think it's it's a protection and I think it's a blessing from the Lord. And so just being mindful of your own heart and doing your best to submit to that. Um, and 
Yeah. And I'm blessed. I've been given the best protection. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, you know, man's not going to like, don't look for the man that's going to make every decision perfectly because no. that man's already gone into heaven. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I think what, like what you mean, I think is a man who is, you can trust to make decisions, right? Like a man yes. who can lead, um, and a man you would trust to make decisions for the well-being of both of you guys. Yeah. So I think yeah. what I meant in that sense was, was very much of like, um, like his finances. Like if I think he's making horrible decisions in his finances, if I see his life and I'm like, you are a mess and like you can see people and like they could say things or they do things and you're like ooh, that would make me feel really insecure that would make me feel really horrible in my life if this person was over me making that decision then I would not consider that person for dating um because I think they're going to be like that and if you're always going to buck against that authority when push comes to shove and you need to submit to it then I think that's just going to create a lot of hardship and it also narrows down the field a lot (laughs) of a lot of like because i think it's hard for women sometimes it's like is he too worldly well he says he loves jesus and um i think when it really comes down to it it's like yeah if if he's showing these qualities if he's like a man of god and they don't have to be perfect but i think there's a lot of things that I had that I was like, oh, that would stress me out. <laughs> yeah, there's this wonderful phrase that a lot of people say, like, not perfection, but direction. Mm-hmm. And definitely, like, you know, yeah. someone who's sincere and who is um, committed to this and who is moving in the right direction and growing in that way and um, is, is, is competent to a reasonable point like definitely Mm -hmm. and who loves the lord sincerely right Mm -hmm. i think that word is so important sincerity yeah um because there are many insincere people out there um but the person who sincerely loves the lord and sincerely tries to be a good leader um so important right Mm -hmm. yeah i think i found very sincere sweet wife who Mm -hmm. sincerely wants to submit and helps me to be a, a leader so yeah and i think like so like in that sentence like the in that like whole vein of thought like there was something when we were dating um jonghyun was doing and i was like oh i don't know how i feel about that and i actually brought it up to him and i was like you know i'm a little concerned about this and he he like thought about it and he wasn't sure at first and then he came back and he was like you know you're right and i think i'm gonna you know do this a little bit differently and it was like to me that was a huge sign that even if he's doing something that I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, he's going to hear me out and he's going to listen to me and he's going to take it into consideration, which that doesn't mean that he's a perfect man and going to do everything perfectly and always going to, I'm always going to feel safe with every decision he makes. But that does mean that when I have a thing of like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about this, it means something to him and he's going to listen to me and if he still feels strongly about it he he'll tell me he won't just like roll over and take anything i say but um he would also listen to me and he would see that i had some wisdom in some ways and um yeah and i think that was a a big like green flag for me and i was like this man will lead me in a loving way in a way that he'll care for me and take what i have to say into consideration and yeah <laughs>